Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman. I am mom to Skylar, who is an incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast four years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life, underscore Lori Hellman, and let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, could I ask a favor that you please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season four of Living the Sky Life. Hope you're all doing well this last Thursday of February. Uh, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Living the Sky Life. My guest today comes all the way from Kent, United Kingdom. Kelly and her husband, Rob, live in the UK and have two children, Carson, who is 14, and Kendra, who is 11. Carson is nonverbal and autistic with severe learning disabilities. Kendra is also on the autism spectrum. Kelly started her Facebook blog entitled, This is Carson, His Autism Journey, and Our Family, almost four years ago, with the goal of reaching out to families like her own. Before starting her page, Kelly hadn't seen many bloggers with children like Carson and wondered if those parent caregivers often felt isolated too. Kelly uses her blog to advocate and create awareness by sharing the highs and lows of her family's life. Although Carson is the main focus of the page, she definitely does highlight her entire family dynamic. So please enjoy my conversation with Kelly. So welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Kelly um, across the pond, as you say. <laughs> She's in the UK, so I am really excited to get to um, talk about her son and her family and her journey through autism. So Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Well, uh, most people I think are familiar or hopefully familiar with your your um, Facebook page. This is Carson, his autism journey and our family. You do a lot of blogging and a lot of updates. Um, and I, I love your page because for me, the pages that are honest, they show the good, the challenging and everything in between. It's so helpful for the rest of us to see all kinds of scenarios and things. Um, so Carson reminds me a lot of my son, Skylar. And so I wondered if you, you don't have to go all the way back. I know he's 14. You said he just celebrated his birthday last week. Yeah, um, that's right. Do you want to talk a little bit about how autism came into your life through him? Or um, you don't have to go back to all the diagnosis if you don't want to, but you can. Um, what do you want to share with us about just how autism entered your family? Okay, so um, Carson is my first child. Um, and when from quite an early um, part of his in the early stages of his life we felt that there was something different with Carson um, going back probably to birth um, but it was probably be about sort of 11 to 12 months old when we started noticing that he wasn't looking at much uh, you know in our eyes as much as he used to um, and he was looking at things upside down he would be looking at the wheels on toy cars rather than kind of pushing them along. He'd be just sort of spinning the wheels. 
his sleep was uh, always, always um, problematic, but that kind of got worse. Um, and then the few words that he did have uh, stopped. So, you know, at that point we were thinking, okay, something, something is not right here. Um, so you go to and fro in the early stages with um, the sort of the services here, lots of things were suggested. And at uh, two years, and I think it was nine, 10 months, he was diagnosed officially. Wow, autism. that's early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his pediatrician actually said um, he's one of the most profound children that she'd seen for a while. Um, and it wasn't a great shock to me. Uh, we, I've met lots of had met lots of children um, with uh, autism and, and Carson always stood out, if you like. And um, yeah, and so then from there on, he was uh, he went into a um, a school for children with with um, complex needs and they many different types of complex needs, but autism was one of them. Um, and yeah, just we've kind of done our journey from there, really. Do you guys have in the UK? We have a, a lot of states here have early intervention. Mm -hmm like ours is called first steps. So from zero to three, he's able to get um, OT, PT speech. And it was the state covered it and funded all of that. And then they kind of graduate out of that at three. And then we have to find preschools or, um, you know, public schools or programs that will take them after. And, you know, it's usually out of pocket for us for insurance and things like that to continue all the therapies. How is that set up where you are? Yeah, I mean, um, it has changed since Carson was diagnosed. Um, obviously, 14 years in, in terms of autism is, is quite a long time. There's been lots of changes in this country. Um, and so the, the intervention was at that time, as you say, OT, speech and language. Um, and then through his school, when he started primary school, um, the interventions were done at school. So again, okay. he would have you know the, the um, speech and language therapy and um interactive inter intensive interaction sorry um and things like that and that was all done at school okay now you i think you've said on many of your posts that um carson is still predominantly nonverbal. is he completely nonverbal, or does he have a few words he has a Did few he? words okay yeah yeah I think is classed as pre-verbal, I believe. Um, he doesn't always use those words um, to communicate. He doesn't always communicate with words, should I say, but he does have a few. Um, I think I blogged one last night, actually, of him shouting something in the garden that sounded like, that's it, that's it. And he sort of <laughs> says those sort of things over and over. And he, yeah, he does um, He does have a few words, but they're not, it's not, there's no consistency to them I wouldn't say that he communicates fully you know mm -hmm. or, or consistently with words how does he communicate how does he prefer to communicate does he use PECs on AAC device mm. does he sign so... no um communication side of things has been very challenging for mm -hmm. us um PECs has been tried on and off over the years with limited success he I think sees PECs as um being in the way um, certainly if we're at home he would gesture and pull me to things and so I guess from his point of view why would I show mum a picture card when I can just take the frying pan take right. the eggs take the spatula put it all on the side and <laughs> make it very clear what he wants um, 
so it's problematic when I'm not around, which is is rare. Um, you know, for the future in different environments where a person wouldn't necessarily know what he wanted. Um, and so it is something we continue to work on. Devices haven't been successful. He shows very little interest in in devices and technology as a whole. He's just he's just not interested in them. Um, but I would like to push on that a little bit uh, if, if I can, and, and hopefully get that going. But you know, what can you do? You can't uh, you can't push it too much because he'll just completely refuse to even look at it. So, yeah, that's our struggle too. It's always kind of been mm-hmm. that way. We've tried and over and over with PEX and different things. Actually, we just um, started PEX again this week um, because of what you said. I think that the trouble yeah. for us is that. If I'm not, if he's not at home and can take me to the refrigerator or take me to the pantry or whatever, um, if he's at school or if he's out and about, he, he doesn't yeah. have the means to point to something or yes. he doesn't know where it is. So to yeah, ask for same. it, I'm trying to figure out, and that's all these years, we're just trying to um, mirror what they do at, at his ABA center. So, mm-hmm. you know, they have the same pecs we have. I send the same foods there that we have at home for lunch and stuff. And we're trying mm-hmm. to get him to use the pecs to communicate at both mm-hmm. places so we can be consistent, but it's, it's hard. I mean, if they've gone so long with just pointing and gesturing, it's, it's hard to make them interested. Exactly. And I think that's the problem. And Carson has very, um, few things that kind of will prompt him to work for so like for example you know some children may be heavily able to sort of be what the right word is influenced by a reward of some description you know Mm -hmm. if you do this you get this but Carson can take or leave most things so therefore there is no incentive that's the word I'm looking for there's no incentive for him because he knows that he can just hand me something or just grab something he doesn't stop and think, I'll go to the picture cards, then mum will know. He knows mum will know. But as you rightly said, it's when he's not in that environment and somebody doesn't know what he wants and he's hungry and he doesn't necessarily know. I mean, I've known him to go to the tap before and stick his head under the tap when he's wanted a drink because he couldn't find his water bottle. Um, and he wouldn't grab a picture for it. So just put his head under the tap and that was as clear as can be. So, I mean, he certainly finds his ways to communicate. But yeah, obviously, in an ideal world, you know, the picture cards work for everybody in most situations. So that would be the way forward. But yeah, it's something that we're still working on. And now that he's 14, it does make me anxious um, Mm -hmm. going into the future, as I'm sure you're the same with of what that journey is going to continue to to be like. It's so intriguing though, to like, you know, your example of him sticking his head into the faucet. (laughs) I mean, they know exactly what it is they want. It's just, I mean, the frustration for all of us comes with, you know, just trying to get it out of them in a way that's Mm -hmm. manageable and, um, you know, clear to us. Yeah. Uh, I hate that they have to go to such great lengths to get us to understand what it is that they want, but they're so Mm -hmm. smart. I mean, they've just learned how to be agile and like figure out their own method to get what they need. Um, you know, when you mentioned the rewards, Skylar has his entire life been the exact same way is, Mm -hmm. um, is Carson, did he ever have issues, um, toilet training and those kind of things, or did, was he a late late bloomer when it came to teaching him how to use the restroom on his own and things like that. Um, Carson still isn't toilet trained, actually. Um, it's That's a, another ongoing thing. 
um, that's it's a really tricky one for us with on that one because Carson, um, I believe, has the understanding to to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly knows when he's he's dry or he's wet, and he he does indicate when he wants his pad taken away. Yep, and sometimes will indicate when he wants it put on. Um, he has great awareness on that front, but the the journey of of him sitting on the loo, uh, you know, and actually doing anything has uh, not resulted in very much. He'll just he'll sit there for for, for ages, but nothing will happen. Um, I'm not really sure what the what we can do about that. We we have tried um, on and off, um, and I think because he has um, an ongoing issue with constipation. There is some reluctance to me on my part to force the issue because yes, Toilentine is important for his independence and his um, you know, his own achievements, but the constipation side of things is so detrimental and causes so many problems that I am reluctant to push it if if it means that that you know that sort of part of it gets worse because that to me is important that for him. Um, so it's a very difficult balance, one that we kind of go back to um, again and, and take a break from and go back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know what to do on that one, if I'm completely honest. Well, I'm right there with you. I think, like I said, my very first statement, I think, was Carson reminds me so much of my Skylar. And that's mm-hmm. another way they are identical. Um, right. Skylar okay. is 19, almost 20, and he is not toilet trained, never has mm-hmm. been. Um, and people always ask me, like, gosh, isn't that? Like, isn't that something that you just really want to throw yourself into and get that taken care of so that you don't have to have pull-ups and depends and all the things into his adult years. And yeah, that'd be great if we could get rid of that, but we are in the exact same boat as you. Um, we have tried and tried and tried and he hates being wet. He knows the minute he goes and he comes and grabs us or he'll start smacking his leg or really acting out like I'm uncomfortable, but every time we have tried toileting, um, he, he won't sit on the toilet very long. It's it's sit and then pop right back up. But that kid can hold orange juice, apple juice, all the tricks. He can hold it for so long. The minute I pull up his underwear, if we put him in underwear to try, he would stand there as the underwear was barely pulled up and just pee. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you really, (laughs) so I just think that, you know, and, and like, like with Carson, mm-hmm. he has had bouts of constipation his entire life and was diagnosed yeah. with Crohn's disease in 2018. Right. Yes, so I, saw that. I think it hurts him. I, I think mm, it scares absolutely. him and it's mm-hmm. painful and he just yeah. doesn't know how to rectify that. And then I, the main reason I asked is because rewards. Mm-hmm. When I potty trained my daughter when she was little, obviously it was M&Ms or rewards, but Skylar, like Carson, doesn't like anything. He doesn't mm. care about anything. If you take it mm-hmm. away, if you give him stuff. Yep. So there's no incentive for him either that's, to, to want right. to go. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, when I've spoken to his school, they've sort of said, um, you know, what can we use here? Like with the communication, <laughs> with the yeah. talking, is there anything we can use? Motivators, I think they call them. Um, and I'm like, uh, you've got me I have no idea because yeah. if I knew I'd be doing them myself um I think sometimes as well for me personally I may be guilty of making life too easy for Carson um mm-hmm. because of, often his uh water bottle is already topped up so he doesn't have to ask for it to be topped up 
um you know I'll check him regularly and change him because I don't want him to get uncomfortable or sore or cold and so sometimes I think have I helped him by being that efficient if you like rather than letting him get to the point where he's like I need to ask for a drink how am I going to do that oh this is where communication comes in um so those are things I'm kind of working on but as a mum it's very difficult because you used to just automatically meeting the needs of your children without mm-hmm. them prompting you to to do that and obviously I do that with my daughter and don't think anything of it so I guess there is an element of me having to also learn that Carson needs to get to a point where he wants to communicate something because he needs to and so that's something I'm kind of working on that balance I guess uh, obviously bearing in mind being comfortable being safe etc that balance I'm trying to um to seek as well I'm sure many listeners can relate to that because I think we're all guilty of that you don't want to see your child struggle and um exactly you know I've I've heard over the years that you know, like you said, if you teach them to do something, whether it's turning on and off the light switch or whatever, it may take them, um, you know, like 20 minutes to do it, but you should avoid reaching in and just doing it for them to try to rush them yes. along with every yeah. task. And, um, that's hard for me because I'm very impatient. So, I, you know, I'll give them like five minutes, but if it takes longer, I might hand over hand and try to show them like how to do it, which is terrible. I shouldn't do that either, but <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think we're all working on things as parents, as, as mm-hmm. people, and our children are working on those things as well. So I think as long as it's great that you recognize that that's something that, you know, that can be worked on, I think there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think, as you said in the beginning with my blog, I'm always the first to put my hand up and say, you know, I've messed up or I, I feel, oh God, I didn't see this meltdown coming and I should have done it you know etc so yeah I mean it's, it's a, like you say it's a journey that we're all on together as a family and I guess we just do the best we can every day I know we're hard enough on ourselves right oh. <laughs> no, but we are oh, so critical yeah. of ourselves and I don't know that I would I maybe the second time doing something I would catch on and like oh maybe I should have done that differently but <laughs> I mean hindsight we're just doing the best we can so we're too, exactly. we're too mean to ourselves. Um, well, the other area that, again, I thought was similar to Skylar and just a lot of your videos and stuff was um, I was watching a, um, a video. I don't know how long ago it was um, where you and your husband, is it Rob? Um, yes. We're helping Carson eat. And it, it's exactly how <clears throat> we are with Skylar. Like we mm-hmm. um, cut up all of his food or whatever, and we'll spoon or fork the food and then hand him the utensil to use but he doesn't have the um, motor skill to be able to scoop or stab the food with the fork himself. So we do that stuff. And then some of the foods that are spillable, like applesauce, we'll actually put that in his mouth so it doesn't Mm -hmm. fall on the floor on him. Um, I noticed you guys were kind of similarly doing that. Does Carson have any food, like issues with eating food or sensory issues, or does he have mobility issues as well, like Skylar, where feeding is not as easy for him to do by himself? I think with Carson, the issue is mainly impatience with eating. Okay. So he does have the dexterity to pick up the spoon um, and, and feed himself. He will do it, but then he gets to a point where you can see that it's too slow for him. So it's easier for him in his head to scoop it up with his hands. And uh, trying to get him to understand that actually with a yogurt, that's really not the best way forward. <laughs> is, yeah, um, that's not. Is, 
I'm like, no, this is where we, this is where the spoon helps. But um, yeah, so he, I think he's, he learned, he's learning a little bit with the runnier foods. Um, and because he's interesting, food has changed um, massively, actually, in the last kind of, I suppose, six months to a year, if that. He is incredibly inquisitive about food and he never, never was. He was always um, on the thin side. I mean, he still is very, very slender. Um, and he was always on the thin side. We was, would always have the same sort of three or four foods mm-hmm. that he would eat to eat. And, you know, one of them was peanut butter. So I'd be like smothering it on trying to get some calories into him. And and now he's he wants to eat my food. He wants to eat off a plate. If we get a takeaway, he wants to eat some of that. He's watching me cook. He's eating the raw vegetables as I'm going to put them into the pan. He's I don't know where this has come from. It's, he's just suddenly thrown himself into being incredibly interested in everything to do that what we're doing in the kitchen. So it's wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yes. really cool. It's nice that they can branch out from three to four foods. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always um, offered Carson choices, but kind of based on, you know, the things that I actually want him to have. So I would always leave a, pl- so a few plates on the side in the kitchen of, I don't know, for argument's sake, a chopped apple, then one would be some raw carrots, then one would maybe be some chicken. And I've always give, had a choice out because then I think if he's picking it, he thinks I'm making this choice, I'm picking it because there's more than one thing there. Yeah. And at the same time, there are all things I actually am happy for him to eat. So I feel that he's getting some you know, decent nutrition into him, which isn't always, you know, isn't always the aim. Sometimes the aim with our children is just to get them to eat, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Regardless of what it is. Um, But as Carson has become less fussy, I've been able to kind of offer more foods and he seems interested in in eating what we're eating now instead of me doing separate meals, which Mm -hmm. is after 14 years of cooking pasta every night for him is so, is I still kind of cook it as a backup because mm-hmm. I'm worried that he won't eat what I've made for us. So, you know, but um, in terms of uh, sensory, he he doesn't like, the f- like he doesn't like his hands dirty, ironically. He'll eat with his hands, but then he brings his hand up to me for me to wash it straight away. So I run his hand under the warm water and, and clean it off straight away. Huh. That's interesting. Does he like, does he like showering and that kind of stuff too? Or, um, yes, he likes, that's one thing Skylar likes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... He absolutely loves baths, water, even if it's raining outside, you'll stand out in the rain. <laughs> that's funny. Um, well, what brings Carson joy? What, what makes him really just laugh and like, you can tell he's just super happy. Is there anything or activity or just being outside, um, being outside is definitely the greatest joy for Carson. He loves his swing so much. We have one inside the house and we have one in the garden. He loves the beach. He loves the sea. He loves Aww. water. He recently is really into music as well now. So, but more specifically classical music. Um, wow. So the musical um, books that you can buy, and keep the keyboard and things that we've bought recently he will play the same sort of songs over and over most of them tend to have a very sort of classical calm sort of melody to them 
Um, and he absolutely loves those. And he's sort of smiling and giggling the whole time he's listening to them. Um, so, yeah, he's I'd say music and being outside is probably the two two big ones. I can't imagine how wonderful that feels to uncover new things about your child as they age or, mm-hmm. or even when they're just still young to just find that he loves being in the kitchen now that he loves classical yeah. music and s- certain things like that. It's just, it's, it's nice to finally see your child's personality come out and their yes. interests come out. I would imagine I'm still waiting for Skylar to kind of share with me some other things he likes, but um, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm like you, I would buy every single classical CD <laughs> or anything. Just, I mean, you know, whether how, however long he is enjoying that interest, um, it mm. could be fleeting, but still I would support yeah. it hundred percent. I mean, Carson's um, birthday, um, as I said, is, you know, last week, so it's a month after Christmas. So he literally showed an interest in some of the things that he got on Christmas. And we were like, right, more musical books for his birthday, more musical things to play, as you say, throwing all all the things at him because <laughs> yeah it's so it's so unusual for him to find things that kind of bring him that much joy to the he's absolutely beaming away with these things and it's it's so heartwarming for us to see um that yeah you can't help but just want to kind of go out and get everything so actually as I've said that it's made me think I might mention to school about getting some musical books as reinforcers at school um to see if that helps as well but uh whether it's just a home thing, I don't know. He can be different in that sense, you mm-hmm. know, like this is for home. I don't do that at home. We don't, we don't do that at school, So, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I feel like if I do find, Skylar used to like when he was little, like the CNC, like the musical toys or the mm-hmm. animal sounds, like you pull the lever and it was like the different animal sounds yeah. and things. He liked yeah. anything that was like music or loud or like you know, just annoying, (laughs) all the annoying toys with the bells and the lights and the whistles and everything. Um, but if I would either buy a duplicate and then send it to his school, then when, after he got it 24 seven, when we were at home, Mm. he wouldn't really like it anymore. I'm like, that's the danger, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, There has to be like a home thing. And then like a school thing. So, I mean, he has a gorilla at school. Like when he's tired, it's this big, Mm. huge gorilla. And they, he always goes and grabs it and lays down with it. And so they're like, he wants to take a quick little snooze, but we don't, <laughs> I tried, I bought him a gorilla two Christmases ago, a huge body size gorilla. And he would, he mm. gave it one, you know, fleeting glance. And then he's like, I don't, that's stupid. It's not the same gorilla he has at <laughs> school and he doesn't want anything to do with it. So right. that's mm. a, yet again, an example of, you know, he just can't, he can't compartmentalize yeah. school stuff and home stuff. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? And I wouldn't want uh, the things that bring him joy to become work, Yeah, to become things that he has to earn. It's, you know, no, no, these are his things that he enjoys. He could have them and play with them whenever he wants, you know? And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's to me is the most important thing. I mean, you know, unless I got something for school that was completely different, they only had at school and it became special at school. Um, but yeah, for me, the most important thing is that, yeah, he can come home and play with the things that he wants to play with and and that's, mm-hmm. there's no expectations. So his, um, we've talked a little bit about his schooling just from when he was little. So, um, yeah. you said that they offer programs for people with profound needs. Is it, is he in a traditional like public school with a, a specific classroom that he's in or is he in a no. completely specialized school? Yes. For children yes. on the spectrum and other 
um, disabilities? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's in he's in a school in our area for children with profound needs, um, and one of those needs is is children with Carson who have autism and severe um, learning dis- disability. And um, there are a few children like him there. Yeah. So does he go all day, and then can he yes. go from age? When did he start? And then how, when does, when does he like in, in our, in in America, we age out at 22 in most States. So then we're left to figure out what to do with them as adults. So Mm -hmm. what is, what does the UK have for, you know, the length Um, of time they can stay in those programs? Right. So he started what we call primary school here at five. So I think he was five. Yeah. Um, And then once he was 11 he would go into secondary school and both those schools have been specialist um schools um and so now he's obviously in the secondary school um and i think up to 19 i believe he'll be there um and if i'm honest i don't know a great deal about after that what that holds um i don't know many people with um adults like carson um, I know a few and a few have used sort of day programs and some choose to, to have them um, with them at home and, and take them out into the community themselves. Okay. Um, so I don't actually know what would be available to me once Carson ages out of his, of his school, um, if I'm honest. Yeah. Now, where in the UK exactly are you? I'm in Kent. Kent. Okay. I just didn't know if there, I know there are a handful of um, parents or moms that I follow on Facebook, I think that are in the UK. I'm not sure if they're Mm -hmm. close to you or not that have adults. So, um, I may have to look and see if you're not already following them, if you guys can hook up with each other. I mean, that's the the biggest issue. I mean, I feel like right now for me and people like Mm -hmm. me with kids who are about to age out is the day programs, the, the future Mm -hmm. planning. It just, there just seems to be nothing here in this country for adults. Like they just assume either they grow out of their autism or mm-hmm. it's manageable mm-hmm. enough that, mm-hmm. you know, we can just figure it out. Um, yeah. they just, they're very specific about who they'll take into day programs. So, a, yes. um, an adult, like our boys, if they're not toilet trained, very rarely yes. will places take them because they don't have the staff to yeah. deal with. That is an issue here too. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's, I'm always curious what other countries are doing or what other, Mm. you know, that programs or things that we can replicate here (laughs) if you guys are getting it right, but it it sounds like it's similar as far as. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, the area to area is different as well within the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, probably similar to you, the state to state will be different. And you know, it, it could be that I just haven't made it my um, priority, if you like, to, to sort of find that information out. It may be easy to find out. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I know um, that there are some programs where people sort of would go to like a day centre, if you like, and mm-hmm. it would be similar to perhaps what school hours would have been. And they will do different things. Um, but I don't know fully what that you know where where the entitlement comes what the availability is yeah. and how many hoops you have to jump through you know that sort of thing um but yes i mean from talking to a few friends of mine whose children are just a couple of years older they're sort of finding out um a little bit more about that now so i will probably you know mm-hmm. in a couple of years time be picking picking their brains but i think 
for me, rightly or wrongly, the future is something that I don't think a great deal about. Um, I find it scary. Um, (laughs) And uh, I also find it not always helpful because living in the present for us has worked the best. Mm -hmm. It's brought us all the most joy um, and it's helped with my own anxiety. Um, obviously an element of planning is important of course it is but I think that you can worry so much and Carson has changed so much uh-huh. that for me to plan or worry about one particular thing that could potentially change doesn't serve us um, that's how I feel everybody is different and some people might disagree with that and you know that's fine that what works for one family mm-hmm. is what works for that family but for us not thinking too much about the future has been for me the way I I deal with things Mm -hmm. now um Carson has just just one sister does he have one sibling and how old is she Kendra is 11 she's also autistic she is how did I not know that (laughs) she's 11 okay um is her uh level of autism at a different spot on the spectrum yes she okay so she's verbal and um yes okay yeah, she was oh. only diagnosed um, last year, um, despite me kind of been trying since she was about four. Um, eventually, we had her diagnosed when she was 11. Um, yeah, she's in a mainstream school. Um, she's doing quite well. And she has her own set of quirkiness. But she's very <laughs> different. She's uh, very different to Carson. They're two very different children yeah it's actually quite frustrating because on the path to have her diagnosed people have said to me you know some of the professionals said to me do not think you're comparing her to your to her brother it's like how can I compare them when they're completely different yeah and their their traits were completely different and are completely different so yeah it's a very frustrating journey with girls it's different again um but yeah, so it's a very interesting life, a very interesting household. <laughs> well, what made you, um, what about her, um, you know, behaviors or, or what were the things that triggered you to kind of seek out a diagnosis for her? Um, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I think, I mean, moms just lar- know, but <laughs> largely aside from insti- that, yeah, 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 exactly that largely instinct. Um, there were behaviors that were unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, the, her imagination and her use of language is very unusual. Um, she sort of plays in a way that I've never seen a child play before. She has an incredible imagination, a, a fantastic memory. Um, she would, and then, and then in an, an area of difficulty, there were things at school, sort of social interactions and cues mm-hmm. weren't quite there. Um, she was falling behind at school. Um, so all those sort of things, if you like, put together, um, they were they never sort of subsided as the years went on. And I had, I think it was on her third um, autism assessment that finally I received a diagnosis. Well, that probably helps for the services. Does she need many services? Um, well, I no. guess how do you, yeah, how do you rectify no. just social differences? Are those things that you just kind of have to walk her through and? kind of explain yes. things to her yeah yeah I think yeah exactly and I think we've we've sort of, we do that and I think she's also learned that herself um for going into school 
it's hard to know if, if there's an element of masking or if there's a that she has genuinely found ways of, of, of coping with situations or talking herself through situations that she knows are difficult. That's a difficult one to really know. But uh, on the day to day, she's very happy. Mm-hmm. She's very she's quite sociable, quite friendly, very friendly girl. Um, it's trying to communicate with her can be tricky sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of likes to just sort of be left alone and do her own thing. But what uh, kid that doesn't? could be her age. I was gonna say that could also be her age. To, yeah. To be fair, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean they're so they are both so different, and so it's um, yeah. How is her interaction with Carson? Or do they have a, like a typical mm-hmm. sibling? You know, do they bicker? Do they have a great time together? Does she find him frustrating to to manage or to you know just kind of interact with because he can't verbally communicate back to her? Um, again, recently this has been another new um, thing. There was some videos I put on uh, the blog in December, I think it was, um, where this has happened probably once or twice the whole their their whole lives but more recently Carson seeks out Kenja to interact with and so there's a video of him deliberately uh trying to aggravate her so in a in a playful way so she's sitting on the um sofa in our living room and he's deliberately throwing the blanket over her face and as she's pushing it away he's throwing it back over again and he's laughing his little head off um and the interaction between them and it's her that he seeks out to do that with not so much us so we were just watching my husband and I were just like you know laughing you know and sort of feeling very emotional <laughs> and Kendra's face was sort of really stern throughout like leave me alone you know um <laughs> But I was like, oh, he's trying to play with you. Like he's trying. This is amazing. And she got it. She did get it. But again, she's at that age where she's kind of thinking of her own her own needs. And she's like, I just want to sit here and just he won't leave me alone. But it was um that kind of moment of almost, you know, a very typical moment between brother and sister big brother is aggravating me you know that kind of thing it was just such a bizarre thing for us to see um and so lovely that obviously I shared it um and he's sort of done it a few times since um but she always talks to him as she talks to us she treats him as she treats us she she, you know she talks about him to her friends you know my brother doesn't like this or my brother likes that and you know she's incredibly compassionate and I think a lot of that has come from having Carson in her life mm-hmm. um so I hope in the future that their relationship will become um, more interactive as my husband and I get older that would be a comforting thought for us to know that they have strengthened a bond between them mm-hmm. but I guess time will tell yeah I'm sure it'll evolve into that um I have a daughter that's two years younger than Skylar also, and they've gone through their phases. Yeah. Um, when they were little, she tried anything to get his attention to try to get him yeah. to play with her, not really mm-hmm. understanding that he didn't really know how to play the same way yes. that she plays. Yeah. And then through teen years, and even now, um, she just kind of does her thing and he does his. And um, yeah. it's funny what you say, you know, just with, with him kind of annoying her, but he was trying to play with her. Yeah. When my friends that have neurotypical kids 
and they don't mean anything by it, but I just listen, you know, and they're complaining mm. about their kids constantly arguing and they're just sick and tired mm. of the fighting in the house or whatever. And I just yeah. think to myself quietly, like I'd give anything for them yes. to argue about yeah. the bathroom or yeah, who's going to get the car or whatever. I mean, it's a different world things, for us, yeah, isn't it? It is. Mm. Those are the things we mm. kind of dream to hear in a yeah. household. So I don't know. <laughs> I exactly. It's like my daughter is, uh, you know, she's quite the chatterbox and, you know, people like, you know, I've had conversations with friends and they're like, oh my God, my daughter won't stop talking. I bet you feel the same. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't because, uh, you know, I, I love listening to her talk all the time and I wish I could hear Carson talk or say or say or know what he's thinking. So mm-hmm. for me, I will never complain about that you know it's like I know people can think it was very easy to say you know to say that but I really do believe that I believe that you know it's it's lovely hearing her chat away um and I'd love to be able to hear that with Carson it's just there's those are the sort of things that I guess that unless you're in our 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 world if you like it's it's hard to appreciate and I do understand that I do understand that but um yeah her her chatting away and having the relationship that I have with her as well it's it's you know I treasure that with my children so I mean even with Carson he's um he's a bit inability to to talk doesn't really take away from the fact that he is incredibly loving you know he's he's very affectionate. He gives me great eye contact now. Aww. Lots of smiles, lots of kisses. So I do feel very loved. I do feel like we have that relationship. Um, that's obviously just different to how the relationship I have with my daughter, but it's it's still there, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I could never complain about about hearing her chatting away. It's wonderful. Yeah, it just it's a different perspective. You know, the things that we appreciate are just different. And yes, it's, you know, exactly. nothing against anyone else. It's just no, those no, little not things. At all. It's, it's funny too, now that he, I mean, knowing that he has a few words and sounds and things, um, mm-hmm. have you noticed his voice has changed? Has he gone yes. through puberty that you can, <laughs> it's funny because I, yeah. I only asked that because when Skylar laughed once, like, you know, around that same age of 14 or so, all of a sudden his laugh was really deep. And I'm it just <laughs> shocked to me because we didn't get to yeah. hear the squeaking and the transition, like typical kids, um, so yeah. I only knew that his voice changed just by his laughter. So I just wondered if yeah. you heard overnight one time, like Carson's voice. Yeah. Just I mean, he's still, I think obviously at 14, he's obviously still going through it all. Uh-huh. His face, his face is still as smooth as can be, which Aww. is, which, which I love because his, <laughs> yeah. his skin is, is so soft. I'm like, oh, one day there's going to be stubble there. You yeah. know, it's um lovely and smooth but yeah he's definitely going through it but um it's funny actually you should say that because a friend messaged me yesterday after me posting the video of him on his swing and she was like oh my god his voice has changed and he's got taller and I was like yeah he has he's he's definitely got that deeper voice now he's not so squeaky anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah well maybe it'll be Rob's um positioned in the house to do but my husband has to the shaving duty of Skylar's face yeah um, and I that was that, that was interesting <laughs> yeah I said I don't want anything to do with it that, I don't fine. shave I don't like know what shaving beards is like so yeah no but exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. surprisingly Skylar handles it quite well um we started with an electric yeah. razor and that didn't really yes. cut much and then mm-hmm. Josh is like, my husband said, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to straight razor this. I'll just go as slow as possible. And he actually stands still and he, you know, he, he does a pretty good job. So that's just yeah. another piece of it. <laughs> yeah. I think we did touch on that. I mean, with, with haircuts, it was a similar thing. Um, 
Carson just stopped tolerating scissors at the hairdressers. Then he wouldn't yeah. go at all. And then Rob was like, the only way we're going to do this is we're going to have to shave it or we let it grow. And he's, my husband and I have both got very thick hair and my children have, you know, they have our hair. So I was like, no, I'm going to, we're going to have to shave it. And he tolerates that quite well until you get near the ears, then you yeah. can get a bit, but he's actually doing, does fantastic with it. Um, and so he did say the other day, the natural thing for me would be, I think, to shave his face um, with, you know, with an electric razor and, and see where we go from there. I guess from a safety point of view, he would be frightened that he would move too quickly. Yep. etc. There's so many, I mean, we go through this, don't we? All the little things we have to, everything is, we have to think through so much and, and plan so, for so in such great detail. Um to prevent any issues so I think mm-hmm. yeah I think the electric razor will probably be the way forward for us as well yeah and I think too um I I think what my husband did too after the electric razor and it wasn't cutting as much he um mm. practiced with Skylar he you know put all the shaving cream on his face and he left the cover on the shaver just so he could see like feel yeah. what he was gonna do and just kind of yeah for him to gauge how much Skyler was going to move and jump around um, before he actually yeah. used the blade yes, on his that's a good idea. Face. And yeah. just, you just learn as yeah. you go, kind of what that's your right. kid will tell yeah. <laughs> just to figure yeah, it out. That's the thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nothing, it, there is no kind of straightforward thing in the sense of you don't just go from A to B. We have to kind of, you know, think yeah. of all the little details and all the different eventualities and in, in everything that we do, I guess. Mm-hmm. And walking him through it. I feel like yeah. anytime, even my husband cuts Skylar's hair too now again. Um, and we always say everything we're doing. Sorry, my Siri went off on my watch. Um, we'll say, you know, like Skylar, I'm gonna, you know, put this on your face and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need you to hold still and I'm gonna swipe this down. It won't hurt you, you know, whatever. Yes. Just because yes. he'll panic. He just gets yeah, Rob so does un- that with him. easy. Yeah. Yeah, he talks through things with him. You know, so mm. just gonna go near your ears now. You know, not not long now. You're doing really, really well. And you know, he does he does understand everything, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so therefore, it's it's just you know, it's just natural, isn't it? Anyway, you wouldn't not tell somebody what you're what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I think that they respond to that um, comforting tone anyway. And that we always say, oh, you know good job mate you're doing really really well and you know he and he does know he does know and he does hold still so yeah we usually say with everything it's one more than finished when we're coming mm-hmm. to the end of something and he know he definitely knows what that means so uh, that works well I think they know that there's an end in sight <laughs> yeah for sure well um you know as a mom of two and a wife and all the things how do you kind of unwind or like this takes a toll on our mental health, especially having, you know, two kids on different ends of the spectrum and everything going on. Do you find Mm -hmm. time to kind of just be in your feelings or or process things and Mm. get out of the house and do stuff on your own? What is, what does that look like for you from the mental health piece of it? Um, (laughs) I know it's a struggle. (laughs) I suppose I don't really do anything particular that helps. I mean, I'm on my own quite a great deal, to be honest. Um, The children are at school and when they're at school, I am completely on my own. Obviously, my husband's at work Um, and I don't I'm not very good at taking myself off out to do anything. Um, I do generally just sort of potter around the house, catch up with 
washing, which is never ending, as we know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and sort of just deal with that side of things and, and keep the house. And occasionally I meet up with a friend or two in the week for a coffee. I have a, a friend of mine who has an autistic daughter. Um, and so, you know, we kind of connect on that level as well. And we often meet and go for a walk and stuff. But I don't think I, my self-care is as great as it should be. Um, but I think my needs are quite quite small, if I'm honest. I'm quite happy just sitting on my own and having some music on. And I, I, I don't really, I wouldn't really say I ever fully relax. I just don't think that's me. I think yeah, I'm always I a little relate. bit... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I think I'm always a little bit um, flighty, if you like. I like to, I, I'm at home, but I'm always doing something. I'm yeah. not good at kind of just sitting down. My husband will often say to me, please sit down. You know, I'll always find something. He says <laughs> yeah. I find things to do. I yep. probably do find things to do. So that's just me and that kind of nervous energy, I guess. Um, but I think in terms of, yeah, self-care, I think it, wouldn't, it would be a good thing for me to probably try and get a hobby or do something for me. Um, but generally I, I don't, I do just spend quite a lot of time at home, but I'm not, you know, I'm happy really. I'm quite yeah. happy in my own company. To, I don't feel the need to, but I guess for some people, um, you know, would, would say that I've got into a bad habit of just kind of spending a lot of time on my own and perhaps, perhaps I have. Um, and, but I do generally find that I'm happiest when I'm at home. But I think the the bottom line of all of that is if you're happy. Mm. So if if your yeah. home is yeah, your happy true. place and your safe place, that's I think mm. the biggest piece. It's the caregiver burnout that you know is yeah. the is the piece. If people can recognize that, like I'm burning out, like I I'm gonna mm. snap or whatever. I need yeah. to go for a walk or I need whatever. It's just kind of I guess recognizing what's happening with you, and yeah. if you're at that mm. point, you're about about to break that you know what to do or where to go to just get a little bit of a, a reprieve from cooking and laundry and kids and all the things. So if, I mean, I yeah. think that sounds lovely listening to music and like, <laughs> I'm with you. I can't sit and watch a movie. I have to fold laundry while I'm watching a movie or something. I can't yeah. just sit and do nothing. I feel like yeah, I'm a fidget. all the time is wasting and I'm like, mm-hmm. I could be doing so many things right now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't relax. Yeah. That's the problem. I think that's the thing, isn't it? We do think, oh, you know, I, sh- I could be doing this. I could be doing that. And mm-hmm. instead of kind of changing that around and thinking, yeah, I could be, but it's also quite nice to just sit and do nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's very difficult. I find that very difficult because I, I like to feel productive. And mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes I do definitely have days where I need to be out of the house um, because I'm in that space where, I will find things to do. And sometimes I don't, I do just want a break and a change of scene and I will just take myself off um, and meet a friend for a coffee or whatever. But most days I find I'm quite busy indoors, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And there's usually enough to do. And I think that's a bit of a misconception a lot of people have as well, isn't it? That, you know, or, well, you know, the children at school, you can just kind of sit down and relax. And often that's, that's not always the case either. Um, because there is so much to do um it does seem to be sort of never ending but you know I think that for me being busy is 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 a good thing for me I like to be on the I like to be on the move but 
who knows I, I have has crossed my mind a few times about joining gyms and things and I just go no Kelly you know you you know you won't stick to them <laughs> well and you don't want to so, do anything that's going to make you feel bad too like you know if yeah, people come more wanna pressure, come, yeah. yeah and they think they need to commit to something like that a gym membership or whatever mm. and then they don't go yeah. and then they beat themselves up about that and you just end up feeling worse so I mean just taking a walk outside in the fresh air or gardening or something just at your home, but just outside in the fresh air is, I think just as great as, you know, joining a gym, maybe where you don't feel comfortable. (laughs) I think that's the thing. It's like often when I've been asked that question before, even like on my blog, people have messaged and say, you know, how do you kind of de-stress? What helps you? And I often feel really unhelpful because (laughs) I'm like, um, I don't do anything. I don't really go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of, that, but that's just me and I, I, th- I think it's working for me I don't think I've um I don't think I've lost it just yet I think I'm all right, I think I'm all, I think I'm all right. but um maybe I'd, maybe I have and I'm not aware of it but no I mean I think you know I, I feel okay in myself yeah. I, I don't feel depressed I don't feel low um you know my husband comes home at the end of every day my children come home at the end of every day and that's enough for me um Mm-hmm. you know so I think that that's I, I'm not the greatest person I guess to ask about self-care because I don't really um, have any kind of thing in particular that I go to I just enjoy being on my own I suppose is the, is the yeah. summary I think I mean I think your answer is exactly what I would hope that other people can mm-hmm. to understand that self-care doesn't mean you have to spend money or go to the spa or like yeah. get your nails done. It's not that it's just whatever it is for you mm-hmm. to just release for a second. And for you, mm-hmm. it's listening to music and all of that. And that, I think that's marvelous. I, I would imagine people probably ask you on your blog because you know, when, when someone sees that it looks like you have it all together and you don't seem like super stressed out, which mm-hmm. granted it's just a snippet of our lives or whatever yeah. on social media, but, mm. um, they just want to know how to get to that place. Cause maybe some people yes. are even listeners are like, just ready to snap. They're just at yeah. their wits end. they have yeah. no help. They have no support. Mm-hmm. They never mm-hmm. feel they just completely run down and burned out. Um, yeah. so, I mean, I can always agree with you. I always tell people just go outside for five minutes, you know, yeah. even if it's freezing and you're in yeah. winter temps, just bundle up, walk around the block, <clears throat> walk down the street to the stop sign and back, just take a deep breath and remove yourself yeah. from the stress for a second. That's mm-hmm. all you have to do. That's self-care. That's just caring think, about yourself. Yeah, no, I suppose that's true. I, you know, yeah, I would completely agree with that. Um, I think we are, I'm very lucky um, that I have, you know, my husband who is a, a rock to me, um, you know, and so therefore, I lean on him if I'm having a bad day. Um, and I just, I think also, I mean, we don't, ha- we don't use any um, respite services. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have any sort of support in that, in that sense. Um, my parents, my husband's parents are, you know, in their, in, sort of in their 60s, late 60s, 70s. And, and so we are the main caregivers with Carson and well, the only caregivers with Carson, if you don't count school. Um, so you know we are we are it's very full on for us um I think as I said just then I think for me I just I lean on Rob if I'm stressed um the summer holidays half terms and you know they're more challenging than the kind of the normal day-to-day sure 
Um, but we are happy with our decision not to to have respite services. Mm-hmm. Um, we're content as a family with what we're what we're doing for us personally. You know, mm-hmm. everybody is different. For us personally, this this works for us. This is where we've noticed class and 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 ourselves are our happiest. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. I mean, if anything, in the holidays, it can be a bit more um full on, and I find will find myself feeling a little bit more sort of tired. If anything, it's more physical for me than anything. I will be because obviously he's fourteen. He's on the move quite a lot. He will sometimes do ask to be picked up. Um. So physically, it's it's harder on on me now. Um. But I still feel that just that day to day joy from from him and my my our little family um is enough for me to kind of just be quite happy every day I don't feel the need for for anything else so yeah yeah it seems to be working fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome well some people don't want I mean we don't have a respite option there's nobody to do it but um some people just don't want like an extra person in their space Mm -hmm. um and that's completely fine if uh that's what works best for you guys that's what works best for you I just well, think for us I just we haven't I just don't feel we need it mm-hmm. if I'm completely honest we did use it we did use the services for a short period of time um and then um we stopped and I felt that uh actually the, the services are very limited and there would probably be a family that would need it greater than us mm-hmm. um it wasn't particularly working out um and yeah so we just we just we just stopped it was only during the day Carson's never actually slept anywhere overnight um he's only been here with us so that Mm -hmm. would be that would be an interesting journey yeah if if, when that changes um but yeah I I think as you say it's it's what you need and also what you can get I mean we're very lucky that we had that even as an option I know a lot of people as yourself that there isn't that option especially when they get to a certain age it seems to be that the options drastically fall through the floor which which shocks me because they're probably needed even more so yeah when they're adults because you're getting older they're getting older that's the reality isn't it so they if anything it should be the other way around so it's still quite shocking to me when I hear that Mm -hmm. yes it is shocking (laughs) and I do feel my body's getting older and I can feel you know just like bathing him and doing all the things I'm getting a little more back achy Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) for sure (laughs) Well, um, as we kind of wrap up here, um, I always like to ask, um, parents and caregivers that are on, if they've learned something specific from their journey with their child, um, that they want to share, it's not necessarily advice, but if I feel like our kids are the best teachers, they have taught me, Skylar has taught me so much about myself and about just his timeline and just, Mm observing him and all the things so have you learned something that you could look back on from from Carson all of this time about yourself or just just autism parenting autism in general um I think just uh, that living in the present has become the most important thing for me Mm -hmm. I've always been I've always been someone who's been quite anxious quite a bit of a worrier um would sweat the small stuff to be honest I would worry about the small silly things and I think having Carson has made me realize that those things aren't important um you know as long as my, myself and my little family are happy then that is all I need and because I genuinely feel that that and I get enough joy from that 
um that that I think that's what being a parent to to a child like Carson has has taught me that just the bigger picture if you like mm-hmm. um things have just put, things are just put into perspective a lot more I don't worry about insignificant things I don't worry about you know what such and such is doing or whether the house needs a quick hoover or you know it's just you know I just I've learned more patience um I've always considered myself a patient person but he has taught me even more the importance (laughs) of being patient Mm -hmm. and um I'm just yeah standing back and letting things unfold not always worrying about what will be is going to happen tomorrow um just living in that moment I mean you we could be so consumed with with worrying so much and fearful of the future that I think we could miss out yep on you know Carson's ability to see joy to to look at the clouds to giggle when it's windy outside those are the sort of things that you know I could only wish that I could see those those things and get the, the joy from them that he does but I get joy from seeing that he does if that makes sense um and I think that he's taught he's taught me that both my children have that's beautiful. I love that. And I, I couldn't agree more. We're such a hurry, hurry, hurry society. And yes. we do miss all the little things that our kids seem to capture and hold on mm-hmm. to. And it's made mm-hmm. me appreciate things like the clouds or whatever, like you said, just seeing their engagement yeah. into it. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. I guess I never stopped to actually smell the roses before. And now I yeah, am. So, exactly. um, yeah, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time being on the podcast and thank you for sharing your blog and, um, you know, your page with all of us. I love following along with Carson and your family. And, um, I'm just really glad that we've connected. So I appreciate you very much. And you, thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of living the sky life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.